I think the only thing that the AI is doing is it's being more efficient at leaving out the junk. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of the Content Marketing Podcast, brought to you by Hedge, the finance content agency. Today on the show, I've got Alan Silvestri from Growth Gorilla. We're going to be talking backlinks today and what makes what what kind of content what we can keep in mind as content creators content marketers freelancers when it comes to making link worthy content so alan really good to have you on the show mate thanks for coming on hey jason it's great to be here i've been looking forward to this all week so really excited to diving in awesome that's a high bar hopefully i'm not going to ruin your weekend <laughs> by making it totally underwhelming um look do you want to start by just giving a uh, giving us a quick intro about about yourself so we kind of know where know where you're coming from when we're talking about this topic yeah so i'm the founder of growth gorilla we are a b2b uh, content promotion slash link building agency for uh, SaaS companies for the most part uh, we also work with other companies as long as they're producing good quality content that they want to rank for specific keywords. Uh, but yeah, we specialize in doing, um, so I call it a, a strategic link building, you know? So it's not just buying uh, links from link vendors or databases. We specialize in providing a lot of strategy to the clients so that we are able to kind of uh, like boost their traffic to essentially promote their content in the most effective way possible. That's the key thing, I would say. We try to look at link building as a content promotion strategy and not just as something that you need to do uh, to get some like SEO juice, right? So yeah, I've been working with the agency for the last five, six years since I moved to the UK from Italy. And so, yeah, that's it. Yeah, awesome. So let's just let's just dive right into to that then. So my experience with SEO is very much around on-page SEO um, and not not the off-page stuff and the, the technical SEO, like what you're sort of part of what, what you do. So talk to me a bit about that difference there. So the perception often with, with backlink providers is what you've just touched on there is like any link is a good link, right? It doesn't really matter how shitty the website is. It's just about getting that number up. And I think all of us have been, you know, cold pitch like on LinkedIn and, and countless cold emails about, you know, building backlinks and stuff. So what kind of specific stuff you guys, it is different when it comes to what you've what you just mentioned there, like strategic link building. What What is the differentiation between between the two? So the first thing that I'd like to mention is this, like most people go about link building just randomly picking pages that they think are linkable, you know, maybe they have linkable assets, they have uh, the ultimate guide to this and to that. So they think that that uh, piece of content is going to be able to perform well in terms of backlinks. So they just try to build backlinks to that page. Mm -hmm. uh, the way that we see it, is we want to use link building to promote content in a strategic way that can actually bring revenue to the clients. So the first step in what we do is we try to pick the best possible pages to build backlinks to, not just from an SEO standpoint, but also from a business standpoint. So we have a whole process that we call the content promotion roadmap, where we plan out the pages that we're going to uh, like uh, be working on for the next quarter. So we like to work in quarterly sprints because we've seen that that's the most uh, 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 like realistic short time that we can actually see some movement for the clients. So we plan out, for example, uh, three pages a month that we're gonna be working on for the clients. Uh, the main uh, key points for the roadmap is we want to find pages that are uh, realistically uh, like easy to rank, you know, with just a couple of backlinks. 
So these typically would be pages that are already ranking page two or page three for the client. The second thing is we want to make sure that these pages actually have some business potential for the client. So mm -hmm. a clients should have a system and some like KPIs in place to be able to measure the uh, the ROI, the signups from a specific URL, for example, because with that data, then we can kind of connect the dots and know which of those pages that we have shortlisted have most business potential, essentially. Once we have this shortlist, the next step is to do what we call a deep dive analysis, where we really want to make sure that the page is matching the search intent, the content type, and the content quality for the specific keyword that we want to try and push it up for. So search intent is we really want to make sure that the content is satisfying what the searcher is looking for. Content type is the same thing, but we want to make sure that the content is matching the type of the top 10 ranking pages. So if the top 10 is all uh, blog articles, we want to make sure that we have a blog article as well instead of maybe a sales page. You know, um, For content quality, uh, we really try to get the best possible content out there that's better than everything else that's ranking on page one. So we run a content audit with software like uh, Surfer SEO or uh, ClearScope to get the baseline covered, You know, the on-page optimization, making sure that the internal linking is done well. Uh, but then the last thing is a visual check to make sure that the page is actually like a great piece of content that we can actually feel confident in going out and pitching to other websites. So these are the three key steps of the roadmap, and that's the first stage, right? So when we get started with the client. So by this point, we know exactly which pages uh, we're going to be working on to get the best results. Step two is to do a link analysis. So now that we have this data, we know which pages that we want to work on. Uh, the second step with the link analysis is to know the type and how many links we need to be able to close the gap with the competition. And is that just based on on what else is ranking so if you're ranking at the, the bottom of page one or on slightly on page two you would look at like the average number of bank backlinks for the the top three for example so there's a couple of things uh, so to close the link gap uh, that's one part of it so we look at the average of the uh, a unique do follow referring domains that the top 10 results have uh, but then we also take uh, so we also want to take into account how many new links uh, each of those pages is acquiring every single month. So okay. you can see those inside Ahrefs, for example. You go to the new links and you filter for the last for the last six months, for example, and then you do uh, uh, like an average. So you know, for example, this page is is acquiring uh, like on average two new links every month. So you need to take mm -hmm. those into account as well and add them to the total to be able to close the link gap every month. So mm -hmm. at the end of this calculation, for example, we might have something like we need 10 links per month to be able to close the gap for this page and essentially beat the competition. So the velocity of the new links is a is considered to be like a important ranking factor. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So that's interesting. So that so I guess that's because one of the themes that constantly comes up that we uh, are seeing a lot of the moment, a lot of the people I speak to on this podcast talk about like the importance of, you know, distribution of your content and that sort of thing. And I guess that that leans into that then, right? So if you've got a blog post or, you know, a page which is a couple of years old, um, if you continue to promote that, I guess the idea would be hopefully you're continuing to pick up new links, which means that the overall number is obviously going to increase, but also it's that that relevancy factor right if you're even if the post is old if it's still getting links i guess that that's helpful 
Yeah, so ideally, the higher the page ranks, uh, the easier uh, it would be for it to acquire links organically, mm. naturally. Yeah. So the goal is to get the page at, like at least into the top five. And then if the topic is a linkable topic, then usually the page should start acquiring backlinks naturally. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, basically the, the top five, that's our main goal, right? Beyond the top five, it's, it's typically very difficult to be able to get in, into the top three, especially for some of those keywords. So once we get into the top five, then we typically move on to one of the other pages that are still ranking page two or page three. Yeah, yeah, really interesting stuff. So how is this all changing then with, I mean, AI, everyone's, you know, it's, it's the constant topic. Personally, I think it's a bit overblown from a like a real um, day-to-day perspective. I th- there's not that many um, actual businesses that I'm coming across at all that are, that are actually using it very, very heavily or have tried, but it's not, um, it's not the kind of complete game changer that maybe some people Mm -hmm. are talking about on LinkedIn, that sort of thing. Um, We're kissing a lot of differences with uh, a lot of new features come out with, um, you know, Google Bard and Bing chat GP integration, that sort of thing. Um, Is your process changing at all with, with this new wave of AI or is your view that AI will be integrated, but broadly speaking, that search will remain kind of as is from a fundamental standpoint? Yeah, so it's really hard to tell right now. We're super, like, yeah, super early still. We still didn't get to test much uh, yet. The yeah. way that I see, though, the future of link building is that it's going to move more into the digital PR kind of space, you know? So the classic link building that everybody's been doing, the, the guest posting and all of that stuff, in my opinion, is going to be worth less than mm-hmm. a digital PR kind of links that actually get in front of the right people and that have the potential to actually bring in traffic instead of just the SEO juice, you know? So I think people should uh, be aiming more and more to get those types of links instead of just links from any blog, as long as the domain rating, for example, is like 50 plus, you know, like metrics still matter and we still use them uh, just because it's the only thing that we can control, you know? So we want to use them to to have a direction where we can kind of shoot for. Uh, but at the end of the day, the things that matter more is the topical relevance for the topic and the backlinks, uh, both at the domain, but also at the page level where you're getting the links from. And the second thing is traffic. So we always try to target sites that have traffic, but also pages that have some traffic. Because if you get a link from a page that is ranking on page one for the target keyword, chances are you can get some referral traffic for that, which is always good for the clients. So relevancy and traffic for us are the key factors that people should be aiming for when they think about link building in the future. So how does a company do that then? Like from a, because outside of really big, like venture cap, venture backed like companies, um, smaller companies, even if they are venture backed, but smaller companies, smaller SaaS providers, fintechs, that sort of thing. How do you even start to try and get PR coverage from websites or publications with with domain ratings like that? Like that's quite, from my perspective, that seems like quite a different approach. I can mm-hmm. no doubt it's effective if you can make it work, but it seems like quite a different approach from the traditional backlink. So how how do you how do you start? Where do you start for that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely a different approach. That said, there are still some uh, traditional link building opportunities that can act similarly to what PR could do, so bring you traffic. Um, mm-hmm. One example that comes to mind is, especially for software companies, the, the easiest 
thing that they could do that could also bring them some signups is to get backlinks in articles that are list, uh, like list of similar software, you know, so like mm -hmm. the top 10 tools for this and for that. And if you can find those pages that are ranking on page one for the target keyword, then essentially you're getting referral traffic. So people send to you. Most of those we've seen typically will ask for payments, you know, uh, some of them it's it's pretty steep as well. Like you're looking at like $3,000 for the year for just one link in, in for example, the, the third spot, for example, they change prices based on the spots as well. Just so I'm clear. So that would be like, if you had a um, uh, tech crunch is probably not going to do it, but like maybe they were, I don't know, like CNET or something like mm -hmm. a, a big provider who's providing you with a list or Tom's guide or something. Those are generally paid for slots, are they? Some of them, yes. Like there's actually people now that are starting to build those types of pages just because they know that they can make money by yeah. ranking those pages and then selling the placements to people. So that's not great. Uh, but uh, yeah, as with everything in marketing, uh, people tend to kind of try to find ways to make extra money, you know? Dude, the more the more I learn, the more people I speak to, the more I realize like how much <laughs> bullshit there is on the internet. It's like it's yeah. insane. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely insane. Uh, but yeah, something that I uh, that I noticed is that Google has been testing a feature in the SERPs to essentially replace some of those listicles. So if you type best yeah. cold email software, then they're going to show a snippet uh, that's like the, the best articles. But typically, those uh, that kind of carousel snippet that you see in Google still features some of those pages. So if you get mm. placed in one of those, that can still help, I think, even though Google is taking... Uh, more and more share of page one. Yeah, I think that's, and I think that's that's something that is worth, I guess, everyone keeping an eye on, right? Because that's one of my clients is 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 um is an investment app, and if you type in a specific term um into Google, sometimes it comes up like you say, it doesn't come up with um like an article to list them. It actually comes up like a like a news carousel almost at the top with the options which includes them yeah. which is really cool but i think more and more there's going to be those types of like i guess you would call them kind of ai right like it's using mm -hmm. some sort of algorithm or, or machine learning to decide which of those is the most relevant but i guess at the end of the day it's that content and um authority topical authority backlink profile all that kind of stuff that is behind the scenes that is all those signals to google to to put the company there and i think that's one thing that gets missed in in a lot of the um kind of death of content marketing talk is that whether you're talking about an ai chatbot whether, you, whether you're talking about um zero click search terms like at the end of the day that information has to come from somewhere yeah and that's what we're still going to be here to do right yeah definitely i think the only thing that the ai is doing is it's being more efficient at leaving out the junk so mm. this would be the the super low quality backlinks, the link farms, the, the public block networks, all of that is not going to do anything for your site anymore. Uh, so the only thing that you can do is just try to get the best possible links as I can. So as I said, in terms of topical relevancy, but also in terms of traffic from actual websites that are actual companies. Uh, so something that I always like to say to people is that uh, the easiest way to get a good quality backlinks is in the first place to target websites that are actual companies that are selling an actual product or they are doing a service. Because chances are that if you find a website, even if they have domain rating 70 plus and they have uh, 5,000, like 500,000 traffic, 
but they're not selling anything and there's not a clear person behind the site it's like it's looking fake you know that's uh, there's a good chance that those guys are gonna just uh, like sell you backlinks essentially because that's the only yeah. way that they're making money so the easiest way find uh, websites that are actual companies with actual people behind them because then you know that they are making money from the product or service so they're not interested in charging for backlinks and they also know that that's not good for google yeah okay so that's in that's that's one thing i want to ask you about as well so you talk about like actual people behind them and i think that's that's definitely a trend that i've seen even though so over the last few months where originally like if you go back to last year a lot of companies were happy having content written by like the team or just not having a name on it at all and i've seen a big shift now where not only are they putting their own team members names on the articles but actually in some cases if they don't have anybody on the team with a like reasonable online presence they're actually asking me or or members of my team to be be named on those articles because we do have you know you know i have my name turns up in various different financial publications and things is that a trend that you're seeing as well for that same reason it's like becoming more about like authority and um like a tangible uh, source for, for for this content yeah that's a very good point and it's something that we're seeing across the board for all of our clients uh, so we've seen the clients that have a more established personal brand for example, we're working with this company, it's a software company, and, and the point of contact that we have is the main marketing manager. And, mm-hmm. and so he's always been very active on like Twitter, uh, like on uh, LinkedIn. So yes, kind of like a personal brand besides, um, yeah. yeah, also working for the company. So it's been super easy for us to reach out on his behalf to essentially get backlinks from people because everybody know him. And so they're mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, I've been following you for ages on Twitter. Uh, I love your content. Yeah, here's the backlink, you know. So that really helps in terms of like making connection, uh, like even convincing people of giving you the backlinks because uh, maybe they expect something in return in the future, you know. So there's all of these dynamics between people. And that's the key thing. It's becoming more of people together with other people and and actually networking than just like faking the algorithm. Yeah, interesting. Because I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I hate... On one on one hand, I hate the term personal brand. I think it gets like pretty cringy on LinkedIn and stuff. Even I post regularly mm-hmm. on LinkedIn, but I don't like posting on LinkedIn to be honest. Like if I could avoid doing it, I, I totally would. Um, but on the other hand, because there is so much like scammy bullshit and kind of underhanded stuff that goes on in, on goes on on the internet, I also mm-hmm. think it is kind of good that we're we're moving more to a, a model where there's a person behind the stuff that we're seeing. So like you mm-hmm. can you can actually point to someone who has written something and if you start to trust them or like I guess it's an influencer type model but on a smaller scale where it's actually people working actual jobs where their job isn't just to be an influencer. But, you know, if there's there's already people within different industries that you you learn to trust, you have similar opinions to them and I think, yeah, that's going to make it easier to sort of sift through a lot of the bullshit, I suppose, because, you know, it's their people are putting their own reputation on the line. So they're not just going to bang out, you know, 500 AI bullshit articles if it's their (laughs) name on it. Yeah, exactly. And so the other thing is like the more uh, like lazy people are going to be using AI, the easier it will be for us, I think, to spot the difference between actual content that is providing a unique perspective and just the generic 
AI bullshit, essentially. You know, mm -hmm. so I definitely recommend to all of our clients to, uh, like, even if they don't have it yet, to start building some kind of brand, uh, so that like it's gonna be easier for them to support their content production effort. Because at the end of the day, you don't want to waste all of the effort, time, and money that you spend producing a ton of content just to let it sit there on page two and page three. It's worth uh, cultivating some kind of brand to also push that content higher. Yeah, definitely. So obviously to get content, like if you're doing this content audit, you're going through finding the content that matches obviously the business objectives, you're finding, you know, uh, pages that are relevant to what they're selling, that kind of stuff. You obviously mm -hmm. need that to be like good quality. That's sort of a given, but like what, what specifically do you look for? Like what makes good link worthy content, content that you feel like has a higher chance of when you go out and you kind of pitch it to, to different places that there's more likelihood that they're going to say yes. Yeah. So the, uh, the easiest tactic, let's say, is to first off have a look at the top 10 ranker results, try to do everything that they're doing and try to do it slightly better or in a different way with a unique perspective, you know, so that you have something to pitch when you go out and send, send emails to people. The other thing that we do is we have a look at uh, basically at the why behind why people are linking to the competition. For example, if we see that there's a pattern where most of the competitors have backlinks from pages that are mentioning some kind of statistics that they have on the page, then we recommend to the client to include something that's uh, either up to date uh, with the current trends, current year. Maybe they could try to piggyback that statistic with something that's happening now so that we have the timely aspect. Uh, mm -hmm. So it's essentially a, a, it's basically a matter of doing what everybody else is doing, but doing it better doing it slightly different and maybe more up to date just so that we can kind of uh, like make up uh, for the fact that they already have those backlinks. We want them as well. So so you really need to think about why uh, would people link to you instead of the other guys? Um, so we found that statistics work very well. Something else that we've experimenting with is to add linkable elements or mentionable elements to a page. This could be something like a checklist uh, for yep. example, we find an article that we think has some potential, but it's not very visual. It's not very practical. It's maybe like a giant guide. So we can add a checklist to make that more consumable, like easily consumable uh, for people, uh, but also easier for other websites and pages to link to because they could include the, pay, uh, the, the graphic, the checklist, whatever that is. So it's kind of a mix of all strategies like infographic link building, statistics, data-driven link building, uh, but incorporated into one thing. And um, so we try to approach it more in a holistic way. So we don't go in uh, with every single client and we're like, okay, we need to do an infographic uh, like all the time, right? Uh, and we essentially want to, uh, to, have a, uh, to have a feel, to have an idea for what's already out there so that then we can decide the most appropriate strategy. Mm-hmm. And you go like, are you looking only for for new backlinks, or do you go like full mercenary and like find out find out where those that go to those people and say You've, you're linking to this? We've got a better version. Take a look. Sometimes we might do that if there's not a lot of other people that we can reach out to, but we typically try to avoid uh, uh, to avoid having to compete with other people. Yeah. Uh, so we try to find those opportunities where it's kind of open, where maybe they mention the exact 
uh, keyword or topic that we want them to link to inside the page, but it's not linking out to anybody else. We actually mentioned that in the page, like I saw that you talk about this and you mentioned this word in the paragraph. We have this checklist that uh, could be a great fit for your article, something like that, you know? Yeah. The other thing is if we're talking about uh, email templates and reaching out to people is to try and avoid the usual format uh, that people have been using for 10 years now. So the usual typical format is like, I saw that you're linking to this page. We have this page that's better. Can you link to us? So try to, yeah, uh, yeah even avoid just uh, wording it in the same way, but also placing the links in different spots inside the emails. Because people now, they are so used to seeing that uh, template that as soon as they see one link at the top and then a phrase and then another link, they know that it's a link building email. So yeah. you should just like try to mix up the template, uh, make it look, uh, even from a visual standpoint, uh, like it's not a link building email. So it might not even include a link. You might even just ask them, I, so I read your post. Uh, can I ask you a question about uh, this topic? You know, so, so to try and get a conversation going, that's the first step usually for us. Mm. It, it, I guess it's just like any type of cold outreach, isn't it? It's just like, it's got to be more, if you're trying to like pray and spray and just send a million emails, like you're not going to get anywhere. You've got to actually, you've got to actually build, build relationships and, um, yeah. and network in like the traditional sense, really. Yeah. So this is also where the personal brand helps typically, you know, mm. because this way uh, they can follow you on LinkedIn. You can keep in touch in the coming weeks or so, and then you can send them an email. If they don't reply to the email, you can reach back out on LinkedIn and be like, hey, just making sure that you saw my email last week, you know, so things like that. Uh, but yeah, it's very difficult to do if you're using either a fake persona to send emails or even an agency email is not the best. We like to yeah. use the uh, the agency email if we're doing like press releases or typical digital PR stuff. Yeah. Uh, but for these things that are more strategic, it's always better to keep it personal. You mentioned statistics. I think that's something that I've seen like fairly regularly quite a lot of companies actually do look at putting together like their original research that sort of thing from my perspective it always seems to do okay they seem to get like a reasonable amount of interest is that something um that you think is worth putting the resources behind because obviously it's not always cheap to do especially if you're um you know in a um you know, if you're a B2B company in finance, for example, like getting executives to give you the time to 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 complete that research mm -hmm. can be can be challenging. Do you think it's worthwhile? I think it's worthwhile if you have something unique to say, if you have mm -hmm. some unique perspective. Maybe you have uh, a unique type of clients uh, that have something to say that's unique. Uh, so always try to have a look at what's already out there and see if you can add something different because that's the key point. If you don't have something unique or different to pitch to a journalist, they're not really going to care. Uh, so yeah, definitely recommend to invest in these kind of things. If there's something that you have to say uh, that you think is going to bring you the ROI uh, based on the time invested, essentially. And I guess that's a that's a great rule of thumb in general, I think, for content now, isn't it? Is that it, the other than really long tail specific questions that have a black and white answer, like we do need to be putting out 
thoughts and opinions that are polarizing or unusual or surprising or there has to be something there mm-hmm. to get people hooked and interested because there's just such a wash of mediocre standard boring content that kind of everything needs to be written with that in mind really it doesn't even like st- your typical seo content oh yeah definitely like right now with ai uh, like pain point content is probably not going to be as effective as it once was because people can just ask stuff to the AI. Mm. So the more unique thoughts you have to share, the more uh, thought leadership content you have, the more people are just going to be more uh, more interested in you as a brand instead of just looking to solve problems uh, by consuming content. Um, so yeah, it's kind of similar to building a personal brand, like building a content brand. It's it's going to be more and more important, I think. Mm. Yeah, totally. So one of the other things I want to ask you is if there's any kind of unique link um, opportunities that maybe people don't don't hear, um, think of as often. One one example that I've come across, and I, and I don't even know if this is true, to be honest, but I've heard that if you have a, um, if you have a link on Reddit, um, it is a no-follow link, but then it becomes a do-follow link if it gets a certain number of up- upvotes. And like I say, I don't know if that's true or not. It would kind of make sense to me if it was. Um, is there anything like that, anything unusual that you've come across that's um, kind of an interesting interesting um, way to, to think about it? I haven't heard the Reddit thing, but it's definitely interesting. I'll look into it more. <laughs> uh, other things that we've seen, well, something that we've seen uh, a few companies do in last like recent years is uh, like most companies typically want to build backlinks to sales pages, right? Because mm-hmm. like those are the money pages essentially. But it's really difficult to get people to link to a sales page because it's not really adding any value. Yeah. So a few companies we've seen, they've been doing something uh, clever with like coding and design of those pages. So things like uh, you have a sales page, but you have a couple of uh, subheadings. And every time you click on one of those subheadings, the page kind of dynamically changes. And okay. so you could have like an article, but you could also have a data study. You could have a visual there, but the URL is always the same for the sales page. So any link that you build to those different assets that you can control with the subheadings, essentially that will still point uh, to the sales page. So you can okay. pitch the infographic, you can pitch the article, uh, but the link juice would go to the sales page. So that would rank uh, for keywords. So, so that was interesting. Yeah. Mm, cool. Lots of uh, lots of unique thinking needed these days. It's not uh, the low hanging fruit in in most most content marketing SEO that sort of stuff. The low hanging fruit is um is kind of rapidly wilting away, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. You need to stand out. Uh, actually, try to use automation and artificial intelligence where it helps. We like to use it as a brainstorming partner, for example, uh, for coming up with campaign ideas, keyword ideas that we can scrape the results for. We actually use it sometimes for drafts for email templates, and then we can kind of customize them. Yeah. Uh, so it's useful for these things where it saves time, but don't rely too much on it for the creative input, essentially. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Look, um, Alan, it's been really good to have you on the show. I've appreciated getting your, your insight on, insights on all that. It's definitely um, definitely some takeaways for me. Um, if people want to get in touch with you and, uh, and uh, yeah, carry on the conversation, where's the, the best way for them to do that? Yeah, so best way is typically Twitter. You can find me at Alan G Gorilla, or I'm also on LinkedIn, or you can find us on a website, which is mygrowthgorilla.com. Awesome. I'll drop all those links in the show notes, guys. And um, yeah, thanks again for coming on, Alan. Uh, Thanks, Jason. It's been great.